The British Constitution provides that taxation and representation shall go together. Therefore, women taxpayers are entitled to vote. I have a dream today. Let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. Welcome to episode eight of the Only Human Podcast, where we join together in an infinite battle between who we are and who we're capable of becoming. Um, like always, I'm Tony Kern, your humble host on this battlefield. And today we're going to talk about something really cool, fighting dragons. I'd like you to meet Kodap. That's the name of our dragon. K-O-D-A-P-P-P, Kodap the three-headed dragon who rages across our world, ravaging the lives of many who go about their business every day, unaware he even exists. So you've probably figured out that CODAP is an acronym. His full given name is Killer of Dreams, Passion, Purpose, and Potential. But dragons have cool names, so we're going to stick with the acronym. While CODAP is a metaphor. You're going to see quickly he's also very real and very dangerous in our everyday lives. He eats souls. And he does it in three sequential bites. Let's find out what those are. So before we get to the three heads of the dragon, I want to introduce this topic with a brand new Blue Threat Proverb of the Week created for this very podcast. And for me, that's kind of a big deal since Blue Threat Proverbs don't come to me very often. So I want to thank you for the inspiration. It's a quote from one of the wisest and most determined heroes I have ever read about in my life. I'm going to read it to you. I want you to think about, see if you can place who this wise man is. And then, of course, I'll reveal it. Here's a quote. Blue Threat Proverb of the Week. It'll end up being Blue Threat Proverb number 33. It does not do to leave a live dragon out of your calculations when you live near one. Well, as some of you have already guessed or already knew, that comes from the wisdom of Bilbo Baggins, the hobbit, quoted in uh, the book from J.R.R. Tolkien of, of the same name. Of course, that dragon's name was Smog, and he had come from uh, Mount Mordor, I believe, right? I might be getting my science fiction confused or my fantasy, but but Kodap is a dragon, a three-headed dragon. And like many dragons of mythology, the first step to slaying them is to learn their true name. Let's stop for a second. How many of you have watched dragon movies? what's the best dragon movie you've ever seen of all time? I've got my favorite, and and after this is going to be your favorite too. Think of of dragon movies, best one you've ever seen. By far, in Tony's humble opinion, the best dragon movie ever was a movie, I can't even remember the year, but it was called Reign of Fire. R-E-I-G-N, is that how you spell Reign? Reign of Fire. It starred Matthew uh, McConaughey and Christian Bale. And had some other pretty cool characters, too. And I want to give away the plot. 
But if you get it, if you've never seen it before, oh my gosh, download it, stream it, buy the DVD, whatever it is. You've got to watch this movie. Um, if you've seen it before, go back and watch it again. Because every time I watch Rain of Fire, I see something new and cool. Um, anyway, Rain of Fire, best dragon movie ever. But I digress. So the first step to slaying a dragon is to know their true name. And we've already made some progress, right? Kodap. But he doesn't make anything easy for us because, as I mentioned, Kodap has three heads. And each of them has a different name. Each of them has a separate identity, a different way it fights, and most importantly, a different toxin that affects us. So each head has to be slayed independently. This is a tough, this is a tough dragon to kill. They all have different strengths. They all have different vulnerabilities. And like I said before, this is important to understand because the dragon kills us in three sequential bites. He doesn't necessarily come down breathing fire and scorching everything like we see in the movies. This one kills differently. So the first head and the first bite, its name is apathy. Apathy, the great paralyzer of personal ambition, human growth. We stop caring. We become apathetic. And once we stop caring, we become a stationary target. We set ourselves up as easy prey for the next poisonous bite, which is frustration. We become apathetic because we're not working on stuff. Something doesn't go our way. And then we get, we get mad about it. We get frustrated about it. And when we become frustrated, that's the great destroyer of purpose and joy. Right? It's like we can't do anything about this. It's so frustrating. And that sets us up for the final kill bite with the absolutely lethal toxin. And it comes in the form of cynicism. So three heads, apathy, apathy frustration, and cynicism. Cynicism is that diabolical pride that sets in when we no longer value the opinions of others. We seek to destroy their ideas regardless of their merit. And at this point, the dragon's completed his task, right? He's created a hollow shell, a negative being, no longer able to grow or experience any kind of authentic happiness. When this occurs, we're almost incapable of fighting back. In fact, when this occurs, when we've become hollowed out shells and negative beings, we've become part of Kodap's army. We've become his ally because now we spread our negativity into the world around us, infecting others. I think looking at the world today, there's a lot of people who've been bitten by one or all of Kodap's dark scaly heads. Make no mistake, this dude is an apex predator. But one we can learn to live around, if we're knowledgeable, if we're vigilant, if we're careful, and on occasion, if we take the fight to the dragon. And like all giant predators, man, he's going to make a fine trophy for those who learn how to bag him. So here's the first hint about dragon hunting. It's not a stationary hunt. You don't sit in a blind like you do for deer or ducks or turkeys or whatever and wait for them to show up. Dragons have to be stalked. And you have to understand why you're stalking him, he's stalking you. So here's lesson one. 
This dragon hunts those who have stopped looking to the skies or who stay too long in one place. This dragon hunts those who stop looking to the skies or stay too long in one place. Over the next few minutes, we're going to look at how to fight each of Kodap's heads and reclaim the, the purpose, the enthusiasm, the engagement, the joy we're all capable of achieving, but far too often, sadly, we do not, right? If you're ready, let's go dragon hunting. Segment one, avoiding the first bite, apathy. So let's face facts, or at least I'm gonna face facts for me. Most of us have become mentally lazy. Now, part of my job is not to be mentally lazy, right? I, I kind of make my living with my head. So it's pretty bad when I say, oh, screw it, I know enough about that. It's easy to get mentally lazy. But when we do, not only have we stopped learning, but we stopped learning new ways to learn. And that's what this whole series, the last three or four podcasts has been about. Everyday activities we could learn something really meaningful from become drudgery, right? I can't wait to get home from work or I can't wait until this opera is over or whatever it is. What are we waiting for, right? Uh, are, are these lessons being lost or being considered just the time between what, what we can seek more dopamine hits on Instagram or passively watch or listen to some entertainment source or text OMG, LOL, or whatever the hell all those acronyms are or, or emojis to equally detached friends, air quotes, by staring to our small mind-destroying devices? I mean, have we become so apathetic that, that self-seeking pleasure is taking away our ability to learn? With everything that's going on, who's got time to learn? No one unless you make the time to learn, right? And so that's the first thing we need to understand about avoiding apathy, the dragon's first bite. We need to understand that people are after our attention, right? I personally think the inventors of Candy Crush or Facebook or whatever else those things are should be charged with crimes against humanity. But, you know, it's not just lately. I, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, long time ago, right? Pretty cool decades, looking back on it, at least those parts I can remember. But the motto of our uh, hippie generation, by the way, it was authentic hippies now, not like retro hippies. The motto of our hippie generation was, if it feels good, do it. And the, the seeds of narcissism were planted pretty deep in, in my generation, as, as well as follow-on ones. But when we watered it with the self-esteem stuff of the 80s and beyond, um, that if it feels good, do it, became if it makes you feel bad, don't do it. If it makes you feel bad, don't do it. And that's that's dreadfully destructive. Right? That's CODAP that's at work. When we stop the hard work of thinking and growing and mental toughness, grit and problem solving, we just become too passive and apathetic. So then the Facebook and Instagram boys herded us into, I guess what I'll call the dummy feedlot, uh, pens where the dragon waits to feed. So dragon fighting 
requires some level of mindfulness, right? Mindfulness. Uh, man, there's a lot of stuff out there on mindfulness. And, and when you look it up online or anywhere else, it sort of conjures up mental images of, I don't know, cross-legged, uh, bearded gurus on reed mats, uh, chanting mantras and, um, inhaling the smell of burning sweetgrass. All while, I don't know what, listening to the distant sounds of thunder or Tibetan prayer chimes. Yeah, we could do that. Or we could do some really more basic and simple things like curiosity and vigilance. See, the, the reason that common sense, everyday mindfulness is so important to avoiding death by dragon bite, DB squared, death by dragon bite, is that you have to be aware when you're in danger, right? In danger of what? In danger of becoming apathetic. Kodak smells mental laziness. Uh, like Duke, my German shepherd, smells a grilled pork chop I leave unattended on a picnic table. It doesn't last for long until it gets picked off. See, when we get back to thinking, it ties back into something we've been talking about the last few podcasts, it gets us to wonder about our purpose. When we get back to, to trying to reverse some apathy, some mental laziness, our, our natural question is, why would I do this? That's a good question. That's a really good question. And there's a couple of other questions we ought to be thinking and taking seriously, right? Are we tied to anything bigger than ourselves? Right? Do we even have a purpose? Are we the omnipotent pinnacle of a master creator or some random chance of evolution? Are our lives meaningful in the highest sense or meaningless beyond measure? Are we just small nothings floating around on an infinitesimally small mode of dust in the vastness of the universe? Hell, I don't know. And guess what? You don't either, probably. I mean, maybe somebody out there does. But here's the important thing. What we believe about our purpose and existence is of paramount importance. And when we start to ask the question about what is our purpose, not huge, but even in the next day, in the next half hour, or the next month, next decade, that's a question CODAP hopes we won't consider. It is the first spear we fire at his neck. Because when we start to ask the question, why are we here? What are we doing? We might start to care. And when we start to care, we are extracting the fangs of apathy and we can start to grow again. We can learn to become a dragon slayer. Really important to, to tie this idea, what's my purpose? And if it doesn't have to be a big metaphysical purpose, but why am I at work today beyond earning a buck? Why am I returning this call to a customer? Uh, why am I delaying a call back to one of my children who left me a message? Uh, why am I drifting apart from my spouse or significant other? When was the last time I talked to my friends and, and why are friends important to me anyway and how am I important to them? All of those questions, all of those questions that sometimes we just get too mentally lazy to ask are vitally important to fight back against apathy. Look, I could, I could go on a really long time on CODAP's tactics. Um, and we, we're going to go into a little bit more of it in some future podcasts, talking about all three of these things, apathy, uh, frustration, and complacency. 
But I think what I'd like to do with the rest of the time we've got together is give you a checklist to find out if you've already been bitten, right? And we're going to do all that in 60 seconds, right after a word from our sponsor. The COVID pandemic and its aftermath exposed numerous gaps in everything from supply lines to healthcare. On the personal level, we've all felt it in an overall decline in mental health and well-being, whether in ourselves, our loved ones, or friends and co-workers. No one has been spared, but some have bounced back much faster than others. Why are some people better able to bear their accumulating burdens and daily stresses? It's because they've transformed their life experiences into psychological strength. The good news is that you can do this too. Just like physical muscles, we can develop our mental resilience, toughness, and agility, if we know how. Welcome to the gym. Armor Knight Psychological Strength Building is a program that will show you how to begin building those mental muscles, armoring you to better deflect the constant barrage of mental arrows that wear you down. Join us on our website at convergentperformance.com and click the link for e-learning to sign up for this exciting program today. Alrighty then, welcome back. And, uh, and I have a question for you. How would you know if you had already been bitten by apathy, frustration, or cynicism? How would you know? We have a general feel about these things, and we could probably say, yeah, sometimes I get frustrated and I'm apathetic about this, but I'm engaged with that. Oh, that's really good. But what I'd like to do is give you some specific steps to see if you can box this in a little bit, right? So here's here's the first little checklist. I call it the apathy fight check. Start out by making a list or at least thinking through the things that you are still truly passionate about, all of them. All the things you're still truly passionate about. If you find this list to be a really short one, you, you've probably already been bitten by, by the apathy head. Remember, apathy is a sedative that, that sets you up for the follow-on bites. It incapacitates your personal growth. Uh, I guess to continue the medical uh, metaphor, it's a, it's a creeping paralytic that moves from one area of our lives to another. So I might get apathetic about work and then I, you know, come home and I, I become more apathetic about family and, and about hobbies to the point where, you know, I really don't care much seriously about anything. Um, and we're going to, we're going to see how we can recover from, from this bite and what it might progress to in here in just a minute. But just understand that it's much easier to regenerate a passion inside you that may be almost dead, right? That's still partially alive inside of you. Find things you once cared about, maybe you still do a little bit, and breathe a little life into them. Simply by listening and thinking about your existing passions, you begin to give it more breath of life, right? And you push back against an uncaring, hardened attitude. So that's that's your apathy bite check. Number two is the second head, frustration. Frustration. Starting to get angry now, right? We didn't care for a long time, and because we didn't take care of things, we were kind of apathetic. Some bad things start to happen in our life. Maybe it's work-related. We didn't get that promotion or, or family-related or, or some other thing. Maybe we didn't 
maintain our car well enough. I've got 10 pieces of broken uh, farm equipment around me here right now, uh, and I'm a little frustrated by it. So here's a bite check. Make a list of all the things that currently frustrate you. Things, people, situations, places, groups. Um, This is usually a lot easier list to compile, right, than listing your passions. Because over time, we accumulate a lot of frustrations. But after each item on this list, this frustration list, I want you to ask yourself three simple questions. Is this something I have any control over? If I'm frustrated about something I have no control over, I'm letting it live rent-free in my head and allowing it to, uh, to create a negative mindset that doesn't have to be there, right? If I don't have any control over it, I hate this phrase, it is what it is, just let it go. Track it to the point where maybe someday I might have some control over some part of it, and then I'll re-engage, right? So that leads me to the second question. If you do have some control over this frustrating thing, are you doing anything about it? You know, I mentioned the farm equipment. I got a broken mower, a tractor that's smoking, a golf cart that I haul stuff around with that runs good for two minutes and then starts backfiring, scares all the horses around. You know, what am I doing about it? Right now I'm complaining and saying I don't have enough time. But you know what? All I need to do is set aside some time, get a set of wrenches, pull it apart, watch some YouTube videos and fix stuff, right? That's 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 that second thing. If I take some control over this frustrating thing, it's going to lead from being frustrated to being, you know, pretty self-satisfied when something gets fixed or more unsatisfied when it doesn't. But but the point is, if you have the ability to take control, but you don't, that, that leads to the third question. If not, why not? If you have the ability to take control and you're not taking control, why aren't you? Well, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough expertise. I probably can't find the right tools. That's called procrastination, right? That's called a lack of growth. That's called reversing what we could be learning from the situation at the same time we overcome the challenges. So if you have some control, take charge of it and do something. If you have no control, it's not worth the psychic energy of worrying about it until you can do something. So accept it, adapt to it, work on it or let it go. And no matter which one of those things you choose, you are, in fact, taking some control, perhaps not of the situation or the frustration itself, but certainly how you or I perceive it. Mindful acceptance is one of those Jedi mind tricks Kodap does not want you to learn. Because if you can get over being frustrated, he can't kill you with the cynicism bite. So here's a key point. I'm going to say it twice. When When you ask yourself the control questions, be very wary. Very wary. For some reason, uh, just saying that makes me think of Elmer Fudd on the Bugs Bunny cartoon. Be very wary, very wary, I get back to being serious here, of blaming others and claiming victim status. One of Kodab's favorite tactics is to make us think we're victims. And there's nothing we can do about something because, or even should do about something, because it's not our fault. It's someone else's fault. And when we resign the initiative against a challenge, and self-declare victim status, we might as well put a sign on our back that says, hey, Kodap, here I am. Come eat me, right? Dragon bait. I'm dragon bait. All right. The final bite check checklist is, is cynicism. Remember, cynicism is that 
that dark, diabolical, evil pride we get when we no longer care about the opinions of others, what they think, how they feel. We have zero empathy. So here's the, here's the bite checklist. Make a list of things, people, ideas, groups, situations that you view with contempt, with scorn, or automatic disapproval. Now, for me, other than Ohio State fans, being a Michigan guy here, just I'm only serious. There's not much I, I can't find common ground with. I, I force myself to look at different ideas and different thoughts, whether it's cross-generational or interracial or gender or, or anything or political or social. I force myself to try to find some way to understand why people think the way they do, act the way they do. Uh, I have all sorts of mental exercises I do to help me not become cynical. Because it's so vitally important for us to understand who we ridicule, mock, or un- who, are, who are we unwilling to think about in a balanced way anymore. Okay. Because when we identify these areas of cynicism, we realize what a dark-scaled, slimy thief of joy and passion it is. And that's why it's a dragon's killer bite. So I like to say, look really carefully without rationalizing your reasons for disdain of any ideas, groups, people, or whatever. So here's three questions I like to ask. Where might you have developed a hardened and flexible attitude about someone, something, some idea, or some group? Write that down, right? Whatever it is. For those of you in Ohio, you're already writing down Michigan fans. I get it. It's been a long Love-hate relationship, hadn't it? When you run into or seek out these people, ideas, or groups, do you immediately look for the negative in what they say or do without trying to understand their position or giving them the benefit of the doubt or a chance to change your mind? And third, this is important. Have some outside opinion shapers sort of pre-programmed you to respond negatively and defensively? to this group, have you become part of a mindless herd? Kodap, he loves to snack on those. Remember, cynicism, the the killer bite of the three-headed dragon, is a form of self-induced mind control because it blocks rational thought and it turns you into an unthinking robot with a negative mindset, hollow shell of a human being. And it's why it's a killer bite because once those fangs sink into you, they can be nearly impossibly impossible to remove because you can't think straight any longer about certain ideas, people, groups. Makes you a negative being, an ally of the dragon. Okay, time for some takeaways. We'll wrap this thing up. Dragon slaying and four quick uh, takeaways. Number one, I'll admit Kodap is a metaphor, but the damage he causes and the lives he destroys are very very real. I like metaphors because it helps me to think about things in different ways. And I hope this has helped you think about these three things uh, in a slightly more serious and different way as well. 
Kodap's attack nearly always comes in three sequential bites. First, we get apathetic. Right? We get a little mentally, mentally lazy, maybe physically lazy. And that leads to something that makes us frustrated. And then we start to get a little more energetic. We're not apathetic anymore, but our energy is negative energy. And from there, eventually, if we don't take charge of it, if we, if we don't begin to take some control over our mind or the situation or the, the event, it leads to the death bite of cynicism. So early recognition is vital. Once he gets his fangs in you, man, it's a tough fight. Number three, check yourself now to see if you've already been bit. Find something you care about. Let go of what you can't control. And don't be afraid to engage with others or ideas you don't agree with. Get those fangs out of you before it's too late. And finally, remember, even though we're only human, our minds are tremendously adaptable and resilient. And once you start fighting back against apathy, frustration, and cynicism, you're going to see that Kodap's going to leave you alone because he always looks for softer prey. He wants that, that soft, apathetic, non-thinker. That's what, what he wants to go after. So fight back and understand that we have tremendous power over our own lives if we just realize the forces that tend to creep up on us over time. Some of it's self-induced, some of it's external. I get it, but we have the power to fight back against every bit of it. Well, uh, I think that's a wrap. I think it's a wrap on episode eight of Only Human, where what do we believe in? We believe in the power of, of each individual, the power of one, power of you, power of me, where we can all learn to make the best of the blessings and opportunities and potential we've been given and we can also learn to do the same against every challenge and threat and risk that we face. Thank you so much for listening again. Uh, please share what we're doing together and, uh, and keep the feedback coming because I'm Tony Kern and after all, I am only human. I'll see you soon.